ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Proud to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Burris Optics. Find what matters. Proudly made in the USA. Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. The pack system for all your scenarios, initial ascent, expect more and never settle. Titanium Archery Products, dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what TAP delivers. Western Fly Covers, ultralight element protection for your gear. Stay on your game. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So we're on with Mr. Ryan Lavelle. What's happening, man? Long time. Well, I guess I can't say long time no talk because we talk here and there throughout the throughout the year, man, and the seasons. How you been, bud? Been a while since you've been on. I've been pretty good. Just busy working and traveling and hunting and just doing all the things. So the last time we talked was 2019. And you had you had just capped off one hell of a season. I mean, an absolute (laughs) slammer of a season. Um, And and my statement to you was, how do you how do you top that? So how did 2020 go? And did you top 2019? (laughs) Uh, I honestly don't remember as far as like a number of animals. I don't remember. But this year was pretty great to me as far as 
things I saw, <clears throat> things I got to experience, um, whether I was down in California shooting pigs and hanging out with Logan from his guiding outfit down there. But uh, it was great. I mean, I killed two nice bucks here in Oregon. Um, I think I killed three pigs or so down in California with like four sheep. Um, and then with the trip, just hopping off 2020, uh, in Wyoming, um, we came back with a, a big Tom mountain lion and a cow elk. So it was a busy year. Um, but I feel like we did really good. I'd say so, man. That's uh, anytime a guy says in terms of numbers, I can't remember. That's that's got to be a good damn season. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's probably terrible to say that, but that's just uh, it. Just is what it is. I mean, we tried we tried to fill every tag I had here in Oregon, but the whole mountain lion thing here in Oregon is kind of a kind of a hit or miss whether you see them or not. And then I had an elk tag here in Oregon that we traveled northeast corner of oregon and when we showed up there i mean it was it was super nice weather and then overnight it snowed about six inches and it didn't stop snowing for about three days and it more or less just pushed the elk out of my reach as far as being able to i could have killed one but getting it back out in a reasonable amount of time with just me it just wouldn't have been realistic so i just more or less had a good camping trip and uh, hung out with some family there, and we just came back and made the best of it. Oh, heck yeah! So we're talking, we're talking <laughs> Ryan Lavelle out on the elk hunt just to frame it. This is not a uh, early September for actually for Oregon, late August, early September archery elk hunt, right? This is a rifle. Yeah, I was the I think the hunt started November seventh, and it went until I think the fourteenth. So we were talking like middle of winter in Hell's Canyon. So it got pretty nasty pretty quick. Right. Well, at least you didn't have to deal with those fires those guys dealt with in August and September there, man. No, and that was terrible too, whether I was just working in it or just hanging out. I mean, that smoke cover we had, the smoke we dealt with for however long it was around, I mean, that was terrible. So outside of uh, the main reason that we uh, scheduled this episode – um how did the uh how did the other hunts go they went great so back in january i actually uh entered a little like one of those comment things you see on instagram that everyone comments and everyone's like well i wonder if people actually win this stuff so i entered it in well it was before january and i got this random comment on my instagram it was like early January and it was like Ryan level one, the mountain lion drawing that you entered into. And I was like, there's no way I don't win anything. So I reached out to Mackenzie Sims who runs the hunters hub on Instagram. And he was like, yeah, dude, he's like, you won the mountain lion hunt you put in for. And I was like, huh, well, that's kind of cool. And time went on and he reached out to me and lined me up with an outfitter. And then Pretty soon, all I know is I'm driving to Wyoming on a mountain lion hunt that I won, and it's it's all from there. I mean, I've got texts back and forth trying to get everything all lined out, and then pretty soon I'm behind the dogs running in the snow chasing after this mountain lion. 
that's a. Uh, I want a duck hunt. <laughs> it's funny when that stuff goes down and there's been a lot of, a lot, a lot of giveaway type things this year on Instagram. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? Cause you see everybody, you know, folks winning them left and right. But, uh, dude, sure. to win a lion hunt that, uh, like that's, I don't, I don't have that bucket list or whatever dream hunt thing, but that is definitely, if I had to, that'd be one of them. And we're yeah, and, doing none of that yeah. here, you know. <laughs> well, I know that's not a thing down there in California, but it was it was definitely a surprise. I mean, I, I saw that text message on my phone, and I was like, what? There's no way I want a mountain lion hunt. So that's when it all started. Mackenzie was reaching out to me, and then I was reaching out to – he sent me the out, he sent me the outfitter's name, and pretty soon me and Tyler, the, the owner of the outfit, I mean, he started texting me back and forth, and – we set some dates and then come to what was it just a couple weeks ago i find myself driving over to wyoming to go hunt a mountain lion i had no idea what to expect because i've never like in oregon you can't run dogs you can't do any of that so it's just an opportunity thing so i go into this thinking well, this is gonna be pretty sweet like we're gonna go find a lion we're gonna let some dogs out and it's gonna end up in a tree and it's gonna be cool to see one up in a tree so that's where it all started there and man it it escalated real quick that's for sure let's let's keep them wanting <laughs> so you, so you came down here on a couple pig hunts huh oh yeah um i usually try to go down there and hunt with uh i usually try to go down and hunt with logan about two sometimes three times a year um i went down there i think it was like may or june and i shot two pigs down there with him and then made a return trip I don't remember. It was later in the year, and I shot the biggest pig I've ever shot in my life down there with him, and it was a giant. had some little teeth on it, and that's the one thing, like, Logan and I have been trying to do ever since I started hunting with him down there. It's like, I've always wanted that trophy pig, and I tell him every time, let's find that trophy pig, and he's like, well, we can try. He's like, but it's just like trying to find that trophy blacktail. <laughs> so. We that that first morning I was down there hunting with him on that second trip or second or third trip of the year I don't remember. Um, shoot, as soon as it got light, we see this pig working up the draw away from us, and I thought it was a cow. I mean, it was huge. And he's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "That's not a cow." He's like, "That's a big boar." And he's like, "We're gonna go over there and kill that sucker too." And we ended up getting up to that thing. I don't know, like 140 yards or so, and I ended up killing it. I mean, it's a giant. I think it ended up being like. It might not be a giant to someone that hunts them in California all the time, but it's just shy of 300 pounds. It was like 280 pounds. Mm -hmm. That's a and, good pig, man. Oh, yeah. Logan and I were pumped. Like, I've been looking for that pig for so long, wanting to shoot one with big old teeth. And he kind of walked up to it first and looked at it, and he kind of, like, covered his mouth up so I couldn't see the teeth. And he's like, oh, no, there's no teeth on this thing. And I go pick it up. And I was like, you liar. <laughs> and it had, it had big old long teeth, just shy about four inches, and it was perfect. I, yeah. I love those things. Those are some cool animals for sure. No, uh, no ammunition malfunctions this year, huh? Oh no, the new rifle doesn't <laughs> malfunction ever. <laughs> if thing, it does, it's, if it does, it's my fault. Yeah. It's not the gun's fault. That thing is sweet, man. <laughs> that's a that's yeah, a really the, nice build. Yeah, it it has gotten the job done. Old Derek up here in Redmond, he he builds a sweet rifle, and him and I are kind of harden up a little bit and i shoot for him and man they're they are a sweet shooting gun he'll build you a gun and as long as you can shoot it'll do the work 
that's a that's a far cry from that Thompson Center, man. Oh yeah, no, that thing just sits in the safe now. I don't even know what to do with it. Yeah, you asked me if I knew anybody wanted to buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still working on that. I'll probably end up selling it, but I just it's just been sitting in there. It's just been a busy year and. I'll leave it in there for a while till things settle down. Then we'll talk about selling it again. That, you know, I have mine still sitting in the safe, man. And, and I'm reluctant to sell any firearm, but that is almost, mm-hmm. it, at least in my head for me with mine, it's almost like a nostalgia piece for me. Yeah. So I've got two of them. I've got my 300, my Thompson Center 300, and then I have a 22250 also. And that 22250 is always shot and really good. But as soon as I started doing like the hand loads and stuff, and I think that's probably what my issue was. I just, it malfunctioned on me once and I'm just not going to give it a chance again. Yeah, that's, uh, that's usually the case. You know, uh, Freddie Lopez, Game Changer Calls, had, uh, he had one that, uh, the story is he left it in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't just, he didn't just dig a, dig around into the ground, bro. He left the rifle. <laughs> yeah, in the woods because of malfunctions. You lose that confidence in something. And you just don't want to use it anymore. Yeah, and that's that's probably the best, right? You, you, you know, you're in the field with something like that, and uh, I mean, for at least for me, you know, having that confidence in my ability, um, with whatever weapon it is, be it one of my rifles, my bow. You know, I'm a horrible yeah. wing shooter, so that that's out of the question with the shotgun. But that is uh, is paramount, man. Yeah, no, these, these, this new rifle I'm shooting now, I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, you, you range, you dial, you shoot, and Precise Rifle Solutions rifle, I mean, that thing, it, it hammers. And I mean, there's, so far this year, it's, it's shown its worth. So it is, it is great. I love it. What round are you shooting at? Uh, it's a 300 PRC. Oh, okay. Yeah, those it's PRC rounds. What's that? Oh, those PRC rounds, man, they're uh, they're pretty hot right now. Yeah, and that's just it. It's like I never, I never really thought much in like the long range shooting thing, but now it's like, man, if it's a thousand yards and I have fairly good shooting conditions, I have no problem taking that shot. You can't ask for better confidence than that, man. Yeah, I mean that elk, that cow that I shot there in in Wyoming, she was uh, six hundred and I want to say she was like six eighty eight with like a five or a six mile an hour crosswind so it wasn't it was one shot she was down and i mean it's it's been great i love that thing so what do you you said you're uh you guys are working together you're shooting for them so what is that is it just your you know kind of the pro staff hunting guy or are you doing any comps yeah, or anything like that more or less Derek and I have built a pretty good friendship now and uh kind of a just a sponsored shooter for him i I come over there and I'll help him out and um, just, yeah, more or less a pro staff ambassador type deal. Um, post pictures of his guns and whatnot. But he's, he's a good, he's a good dude. That always helps. But that's a, that's kind of a funny realm, right? Is, is that whole, it's a funny realm because the way we, the way we treat it and look at it in the, in the hunting realm, right? The ambassador <laughs> pro staff thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is it is nice to build those relationships and believe in something and have that, you know, stamp pro staff ambassador, whatever the heck it is, if you believe Absolutely. in that product or that person, you know, because a lot of times, man, the product is good, but the people are 
more than the product. Yeah, absolutely. I, I went to him, oh, it was before hunting season last year. I went to him and I had bought a Christensen Arms that shot like absolute garbage. And I got so mad at that thing. I put so much money into like powder and primers and bullets and it just would not shoot. And I got in touch with him and I said, man, I said, I, I hate to do it. I said, but I'm going to bring you this rifle. And I said, I need it in like two months for my Montana antelope hunt. And he just kind of laughed at me and I handed him the gun and he ended up rebarreling it in a 300 PRC for me. And he called me like two weeks before my antelope hunt. He's like, it's done. Come shoot it. And I went over there and I never would have thought like, I never would have thought like shooting over 200, 300 yards, you know? And I came over there with him and I actually did one of his shooting schools with him for the day. And he got me on the gun. We dialed in a hundred yards shot two or 300 yards and he was like all right he's like range that target out there he's like you're gonna call your wind and you're gonna dial your scope and you're gonna shoot don't ask me any questions and i was like okay and i range the targets 1147 yards i ranged the target i dialed the scope and i touched it off and dead centered that target and i never i never ever would have thought to shoot over 300 yards back in the day and now with a with a firearm like that, and then so he get, he built me that rifle or put the barrel on it for my hunting season. And about the middle of my hunting season, he gets a hold of me. He's like, "We need to get you into one of my guns." He's like, "We don't want a half precise rifle solutions, half Christensen." And that's where my build I have now started. We built me a he built me a full custom rifle, and we've just kind of gone back and forth. And I went over there with him a few times and shot and. I worked the Portland Sportsman Show with him, so I mean we built a pretty good friendship, and he's a he's a super cool dude, and I just I believe in his products. I mean it, it's it's shown throughout the last two years so far. Yeah, that gets it done. Uh, what was that reaction when you when you tap that steel at that distance? You you jump oh, up I or was, you just look back at him like what the hell? <laughs> I kind of rolled off the gun. He just had this little smile on his face because he's sitting on the spotting scope. And I roll off the gun. I look at him. I was like, seriously? I was like, I never would have thought to shoot anything that far. Obviously, I've never shot an animal that far. But with the amount that I've shot that gun now, and I've shot other animals at three, four, five, six, almost 700 yards, I I would have all the confidence in the world to, to shoot a deer or an elk at 1,000 yards now. Which, you know, that's an, that in itself is an interesting conversation right i mean you, you, yeah. you hear it from you know bows right no nothing past 40 yards and da, 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 da. but man with the technology we have if you're spending the time behind your weapon if you know that you're gonna you know that air quote one shot one kill you know shot i, I honestly yeah. don't i don't see the problem with it man and and there's people that are crucify folks for it but you know if you, if you spend the time behind your gun, you know your equipment, you know how it works. And that's just it. It's like that range finder that I'm set up with, I mean, it does everything. It does the barometric pressure. It tells the temperature outside. You range something, and it shoots you back a range, and it tells you your dial two inside your range finder when you're looking through it. So as soon as you range, it shoots you back a range, and you know exactly what you need to dial that turret to. And it just it takes a lot of the questions out of what you're doing. What are you running? It's a SIG Kilo, it's a 2400 ABS. 
Um, and it is, I mean, it's, it's done great so far. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Sega's, man, they have, in the last couple of years, just kind of knocked it out of the park with their advancement and some of the stuff they've come out with. That Kilo, I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. I don't have one of the SIG scopes on my rifle. I run a Night Force. Um, but once you shoot that gun through a chronograph and you have all your ballistics down, you upload all that information to your phone and pair it with your rangefinder, I mean, your rifle is dead on. The, the elk I shot last year, I mean, it was 640, like 645 with a nine-mile-an-hour crosswind, and it was dead center every time. And that's just it. It's like I never would have thought to to want to shoot something like that it just it it moves you to a different level of being able to like the confidence you have in your in your equipment and your rifle and knowing the shots that you can make with it i mean when i was down there with logan we were chasing pigs around and i ended up killing my pig and those sheep he's got running around down there i mean i always try to get a couple of those guys i have this fascination with sheep i just think they're cool whether it's the poor man sheep or it's the real deal i don't care um and we ended up shooting. I shot one of them sheep at it was like 260 yards, and we had another one that was a couple ridges over, and it was like right around that 630 yard range. And Logan was like, well, "Let's go see if we can close some distance." And I looked down, I was like, "We're what already for? there." I saw, <laughs> yeah, I felt two different right here, and he just kind of looks at me and smiles. He's like, "Okay, cool." And I range it, dial the scope, and I touch it off one shot, and he just hit the ground right there. And he was like, "Huh?" He's like, "All right, let's go get him." That's that's so, a guy's <laughs> dream right there, buddy. Yeah, he was like, I've never had someone shoot that far at an animal. And he's like, and it was just one shot, and you were done. So it was, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. But the caveat again, right, is is spending the time prior to you know going out in the field with it because I don't want people to crucify us, right? And round after round after round. That yeah, I, and that's just it. And I don't care what equipment you're running. Yeah, we have technology, you know, to boot. But man, if you're if you are not. <laughs> In your zone, right? In that flow, it doesn't matter. The technology is not going to take the human error out of it. No. And as you say, like, there's there's so much that can go on. Like, if you're not on your bipod ride or anything like that, you just have to practice, practice, practice. And, I mean, I have a target here at the house that I can walk out my sliding glass door and I can shoot a target all day long at, a, at 500 yards. So being able to wake up, grab my gun, throw it on the deck, lay down and range and shoot but making sure you're doing all the proper stuff as far as loading your bipod and checking your bubble level on top of your scope and you have to check all these little steps off before you pull that trigger you can't just you can't just rush it there's there's steps that go into it and that's all part of practicing what you're doing so we don't get crucified there <laughs> you know i mean there's got you hear it you know folks out and uh 900 you know a thousand yard shots on uh you know elk size targets and yeah. most people are you know mums the word it's a hush hush thing but you know it's it's to me it, it lends itself to archery if yeah. you know if I'm at the range and I'm capable of an 80 yard shot, I'm going to take an 80 yard shot all day. If, I, if I'm dropping, you know, two inch bombs at 80 to a hundred, why, you know, if my <laughs> setup is right. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at everything. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't I have the confidence to do that? You know, anywhere else, but you know, to each his own, that no, is, that's just, that's, that'll be a debate to the end of, uh, the end of our days, man. 
Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to have their opinions about it, but if you're confident in your equipment, I mean, yeah, I, I do. My goal this year, I, I really wanted to shoot something at a thousand yards. It didn't happen, but I'm not mad about it. I mean, the year turned out awesome. Um, I mean, I went over to Wyoming mountain lion hunting with a thousand yard rifle. And I mean, that's just, most people are like, well, we, what'd you take that rifle for? It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's the rifle I hunt with. It's the one I'm, I'm going to use every day. So whether I shoot something at 20 yards or I shoot something at a thousand yards, I mean, I don't know. That, I mean, that actually brings up another thing, right? Because, you know, I, and I used to, I have, and all of us, right? We have, you know, this right, the 30-30, 30-06. You got your, you know, guys like the 270 or the 243, and then you got the 300s or your 6.5s. So you got a safe full of rifles. But I find myself always drawn to that one rifle right you know mm-hmm. when i was yep. when i was shooting my thompson right i shot that thompson for years man other rifles in the safe but that's what i shot now i'm shooting yeah. my my seven mil more than i shoot anything else um so why not you know i got you know i got one two three bows i shoot one I take one in the field um yeah you know it's just it, that's your yeah, baby. <laughs> you yeah, want to get it done and with that, that one. To me too. Yeah. I mean, I always used to grab for my Thompson. Like that was the gun I went for. And then when it failed me, I just got so upset with it. And it's like, I tried to read, I reloaded for it and it just never was the same anymore. And I just never had that confidence. So, I mean, it's, it's what you have confidence in that you're grabbing for. <laughs> that's how we should be in the field. So, um, so we brought it up a couple times, man. So let's, uh, Let's talk that lion. <laughs> uh, that was that was a pretty awesome time. Between the people I met doing it, um, I mean, it was obviously winning that winning that trip and being able to do something like that. Like I never, I would never even think about being able to afford to pay for a hunt like that. But once I got once I got tied in with Tyler, who's the guide of O'Brien Creek Outfitters. Um, we were texting back and forth all hunting season long, sending pictures back and forth of stuff we were hunting. And he's a guide in Alaska also. And he ended up killing a pretty nice uh, brown bear when he was up there. And he shoot, he shot that thing at, and it was, I think he said like 10 yards with his 28 and Hosler. Um, so all year long from January until I went and did that hunt, we were sending pictures back and forth. And when that time finally came, I mean, I'm, I'm headed over there to Wyoming and, I made a, a two-day trip out of the travel as far as getting there because it's like 17 or 18 hours of driving. And it was me and my brother-in-law. He went along with me, and he actually got a cow tag for elk also. And we had just woken up in Idaho at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I started driving. We started driving to Wyoming to finish the drive there. And this, I get a, a text on my phone, and it's Tyler. And it's like 4.30 morning. I was like, what in the hell? is he doing up at 4.30 in the morning? Because I have no idea how this whole hound hunting thing goes, you know? Well, every morning, if they have someone coming in, whether they have someone coming to hunt or they're going just to train dogs, they're out in their pickups and they're looking for fresh sign. They're trying to cut that fresh set of tracks, see if it's a male or if it's a female, and whether they're training dogs or just driving around to know what's in the area. These guys put in so much time on their pickups and on their feet moving through the canyons and driving down the roads looking for new new fresh tracks. And 
I get this text on my phone at 4.30, and it's Tyler, and it's a picture of a Tom track going down across the road in front of him. And he says, this is the one we're going to go after. And I'm like, why is it that one? And he starts telling me, well, the toes are this wide, and the track is this wide, so it's a big old Tom. And I just, you know, he knows what he's doing more than I do. I'm just along, just, you show me what to do. And we get there and get all settled into their camp they have there. And it's a, it's a really nice place, little house and stuff. And we hang out and tell some stories and drink a few beers. And we wake up the following morning at three 30 in the morning and head out with all of our stuff. And he's like, what we're going to do is he's like, we're going to go find that track. And he's like, we're going to circle all of these canyons and see if we can freshen it up. Cause we're talking that tracks over 24 hours old now in the snow. So his dogs are going to have a tough time trying to find it. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I said, we'll just, you just tell us what to do and we'll go along. And we ended up never being able to freshen it up. So we had to go back to the tracks. He sent me a picture of that more, that fall the morning before. And we let these three dogs, the three of his best dogs out and he puts their nose in that track and they just take off. And that mountain lion actually spent a, the, the majority of that time he was hunting deer. So if you looked on the GPS, He's just zigzagging back and forth, back and forth through this canyon. So the dogs got a little confused there for a minute, but as soon as they hit that track down the canyon a little farther, I mean, they were gone. And it's cool because every one of those dogs has a GPS collar on, and you can watch exactly what they're doing. You can watch where they're at and how many barks per minute those dogs are barking. So it's it's pretty cool seeing how the houndsmen and the hounds work together. And we sat on top of this big, this big long king. I mean, it's a couple miles long and about, I don't know, I'd say probably an hour and a half or so goes by and we're getting back in the pickup because the dogs are about six miles, five and a half miles from us at this point. And we get back in the pickup and he's like, we're going to go up around the head of the canyon and see if we can just get a little bit closer to him. And I was like, yeah, no problem. We jump in the pickup and start driving and we get up to about the head of the canyon and pretty soon the GPS just goes silent. Everything disappeared on the on the GPS. And Tyler's like, well, huh. He's like, that's not good. He drives a little farther, and we stop about the last point where we think they should be close to. And pretty soon one of his dogs shows back up on the GPS. And then she disappears. And he looks at me, and I was like, what? He's like, they're underground. And I said, the hell do you mean they're underground? We're, tr- we're supposed to shoot one of these in a tree. And because that's what was going on is they kept on losing service because they were going underground. And we jump out of the pickup and we were in a hurry at this point and throw our packs on. I grab my rifle, I strap it to my pack and we just take off there on the GPS. The last coordinate showed that that dog was about 450 yards from us. So me and Tyler and then um michael who's a guy that helps him out guiding and stuff he was there with us and trevor there was another guy that was on the other side of the canyon just watching down in the canyon to see what the dogs did he was a he was across where we left the pickup a while ago and we take off down there where the dogs were at and pretty soon you can start hearing them they're getting louder and louder and louder and we come down in this draw and we're talking it's like I don't know, I would say it's maybe 30 yards across, but then it comes into a really narrow chute in the middle of it. And it's super deep. We're right at the head of this big draw. And the dogs, we we start sneaking up on them. And as we're coming up on the dogs, you can see where they're going in and out of this cave. 
And as soon as those dogs seen Tyler, they were thinking, well, we got backup now. And they ran right in this hole. The mountain lion went in the freaking cave in the head of this canyon. And I look at Tyler. I was like, what are we supposed to do now? And that's when it all got a little bit. It was like my, my adrenaline started going. And I'm thinking there's no trees around here. This thing's not going to be up in a tree. It's, there's no chance. Like it's going to be in this hole the rest of the day. So you thought that was it. What's that? I said, you thought that was it. Yeah. I was like, okay, well that's the end of the day there. And like I say, as soon as we came up over the top of that hill, the dogs seen Tyler and they're thinking, well, we got backup and they rushed right into that hole with that lion. And it wanted to get him. Like it was mad at this point because it had been sitting in that hole for so long. And we ended up getting all the dogs. We got the dogs out of the hole. We leashed them up and tied them to all the brush around so they couldn't keep on going in there. And then we're all kind of looking around at each other, kind of scratching our chins like, well, now what? Because he's inside this little hole. But it was kind of cool because the top side of it, there was a hole that shot through and came around kind of at an angle there, kind of like a J-shaped little hole in the ground. And the sun was like, it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. The sun's shining right through the top of it, so it kind of lights that hole up for you. And we sit there for quite a while, wait for Trevor and them to get to get back over to us. And we sat there, and everything went silent. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And Tyler's like, I don't think that cat's in that hole anymore. So those two guys, Trevor and Michael, jump up on top of the canyon. And I guess that those holes, when it rains really hard, it'll actually run water out and make, like, tunnels through there. So they're checking to see if that cat actually left that hole, and we weren't even paying attention because he could have tunneled his way up some other way out out of the canyon. So they go up and check, and there's nothing. No fresh tracks, no nothing. So Tyler's like, he's got to be in there, but he's not making any noise. So we leashed the dog up and just had him poke his head around the corner, and he starts growling. But when he's growling, you can feel it vibrating in your feet. And Tyler looks at me, and he's like, man, he's like, we're going to see if we can dig him out because it feels like he's underneath of us. So they grabbed this shovel, and we sat there for like an hour and a half, alternating between Tyler and Trevor and Michael, and they're digging this hole, trying to get down into this line where he's at. And we can't get in there. Like, we're not making any headway. Like, we're building, we're digging a hole in the ground, but we're not getting anywhere closer to him. So pretty soon Trevor looks at us, he's like, screw this. He's like, I'm just going to look in there. And he crawls in the top of the cave, because I'll have to post a picture of it, but it crawls in the top of the cave, and... There's like a little shelf inside and Trevor takes a shovel and starts poking it around in the top of this hole to see if he can get that cat to swat at it to make sure he's still in there. And I was like, dude, I said, you are way braver than I am. I am not sticking my head in that cave. At that point, had so he, you seen the size of the tracks? Oh yeah. I see him. I had pictures of him. We got out and looked at him that morning. I mean, they're, they're as wide, if not wider than my hand. And I know when I first walked up to that cave when the dogs were still there, I caught a glimpse of him. But as soon as I caught a glimpse, he had poked back around the corner and didn't come back out. So, I mean, I had an idea of what I was getting myself into. But when Trevor starts poking this shovel around inside the cave, I mean, he's all the way in it. And at this point, we have a rope tied around his leg so we can get him back out real quick just in case. And he's sitting there poking the shovel around. Nothing happened. And it's just dead silent. Like he's not making a noise or anything. 
So we sat there for a little bit longer and started digging some more and nothing happened. And Trevor goes around the front side of this hole. He's like, I'm going to crawl in there and see where he's at. I was like, you go right forward. I'm going to stay right here with my rifle. And at the head of this canyon, if he would have went out the top, there was no trees. So what we did was we took all of our packs and we laid them across that hole. So he was forced to run out the one direction. We wanted him to go down the canyon to wherever the trees were at because we wanted to be able to treat him. Well, that never happened. So Trevor pokes his head around this corner. He's in there for like 30 seconds. He turns around, comes back. He's like, I just saw his face. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's right in there. He's sitting down. He's like, there's enough light shining through there. He's like, you should be able to make a perfect frontal shot on him if you just crawl in this cave with him. I'm like, I'm not crawling in that cave with a mountain lion. So I sat there for a minute and they all kind of talked to each other and Trevor comes over and he hands me his pistol and he's like, here you go. And I was like, what do you mean? Here you go. I was like, I want to use my rifle. He's like, no, he's like, the cave's not big enough. You can't use your rifle because if you had to get out, you wouldn't be able to get around your rifle. I was like, well, this doesn't sound like a good idea at all. (laughs) So, he hands me this 10 millimeter pistol and I'm sitting at the head of this, at the little opening of this cave. And I'm sitting there kind of like talking to myself in my head. And Trevor tells me, <clears throat> he says, go in there. He's like, he's sitting up kind of like a dog would sit on his butt. And he's like, just put it dead center on his chest. And he's like, make that first one count. And he said, if he decides to run, run out, he's like, you can just, just empty that magazine on him and just hold your ground inside there. He's like, but make sure that you don't plug the hole for him to come out because you want him to be able to run by you and not kind of attack you when he comes out. And I'm thinking, you just hand me a pistol. You told me to crawl in a cave with a mountain lion and shoot it, but don't plug the hole so it doesn't run you over. This sounds fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking what's going through. So so this whole time, I can't even imagine what's going through your head, right? Okay, so yes. I, I'm getting handed a pistol. I've never I've never shot. <laughs> I've never shot this pistol in my life. And then how big is the hole? Uh, the cave where you – the hole where you walk in or you crawl in, I guess – is fairly good size, but where the mountain lion's actually sitting. So when Trevor was on top of this ledge inside there poking the shovel around, the mountain lion was actually right underneath him the whole time. He was just under like a foot and a half of gravel. So it's a it's a hole. It's like, I don't know, I'd say it's like the size of a basketball. So when you crawl in, you, you peek your head around the corner, you can actually see him sitting inside there. But he just thought he was safe the whole time. So he didn't really care to like growl the dogs or swat at the shovel or anything like that. So I guess rewind a little bit. Trevor hands me his pistol and he says, you should shoot this at least one time just to get to get good with it. And he's like, and we're going to shoot it about how far away that mountain line is inside this hole. And I was like, okay, and how far is that? He walks me down this little canyon, this little chute. And it just looks like those dirt hills that the water runs down, you know, and it kind of just makes those really smooth dirt hills. And he hands me his pistol and he walks me over to this hill and he said, you see that hole right there in the side of this hill? And I was like, yeah. And it's like four, maybe five feet away from me. And I was like, that's how close he is. And he's like, yeah. And he smiles. and He's like, is that a problem? I was like, 
Well, no, but I'm pretty sure I can hit that. He's testing your gumption. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, what he told me was, I'm going to walk you down here. We're going to shoot about the distance that mountain lion is inside that hole. And I was like, all right, no problem. And he hands me a gun, and I walk over to the hill, and he's like, so shoot about right there. And I'm seriously, maybe five feet. And I was like, all right, I'll see if I hit that. And I put a round in it, and I click the safety off, and I touch it off, and I dead center it. And he's like, all right, let's go shoot that mountain lion. As I'm walking back to this hole, I'm thinking, what in the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> did you did you so, have did you have any point of saying, hey, bro, no, I'm done? You know, I I did, but then I was like, I went there with this with this idea, like I really want to shoot out of a tree. And then I was like, it was getting late in the afternoon, and this is a big cat. I mean, you can see how big his tracks and stuff are. And and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to suck it up. All these guys are standing around and they, they, they want me to do this. Like they're, they're dead set that this is a big cat. So I was like, I don't want to just let him go. Like, I don't want to just walk away. And, and the unknown of like, what would have happened if we would have just walked away? Like, did I just pass up on some giant cat, you know? So as we're walking back to this hole, I've got this pistol in my hand. I'm looking at it and I'm walking up to the cave and I kind of look around and I was like, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not. <laughs> so I go to crawl in there and Tyler stops me one more time. And he just says, do you have an idea of what you're doing? I was like, yeah. I said, I'm going to crawl in there and I'm going to shoot that cat. I'm just going to make sure he has enough room to run by me if he decides to run by me. And he just says, okay, he's like, good luck. And I crawl in there and there, was, there wasn't enough room to like get on your knees and sit in there. You had to like crawl in and lay on your side and shoot. So I crawl in and I get all settled in and the hole where this cat's at, I mean, I can see his feet and I can see his legs in there. And as soon as I'm getting ready to shoot, this cat lowers his head and looks out that hole and those yellow eyes looked right through me. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, the look they get, like, you know, when people talk about getting stalked by a mountain lion, oh, all yeah. the hair on the back of their neck stands up. When you're face to face with one and he looks right through you, it is 10 times worse. And so I get all settled in on him and I click the safety off and the guys are standing right outside the head of the cave and I touch the safety off and I put it dead center on his chest and I touched it off. And as soon as I shot, the dust just filled the cave. So I shoot and when I go to shoot again, I look and the pistol's jammed open. It didn't cycle again. So I set it down and I turned around and crawled out of there as quick as I could. And I sat there for a little while. They're like, we need to give it about 10 or 15 minutes. They said, you made a good shot on him. That, that frontal shot's going to be a good chest, like lung shot. And I'm like, all right, no problem. And my nerves are like pumping right now. Like the adrenaline is flowing. And we sat there for like 10 or 15 minutes and the time goes by. And pretty soon I'm like, man, I want to get back in there. And Trevor crawls around the corner and he comes back out. And he's like, he's still alive. I was like, what do you mean he's still alive? And he was like, yeah, he's like, he's just laying in there. He's like, you need to go back in there. And I was like, well, your pistol's laying inside that cave next to you. I said, go ahead and bring that out with you. And, and Michael hands me a 357. And I crawl back in there. And the second time he's laying there kind of facing away from me. And I go in there and I just do the same thing. 
and I lay down there on my side and I dead center. I had a, it was kind of a broadside shot at this point. So I put the, the sights right on his side and I touch it off and I just throw another one in that cave just for the heck of it, just a follow-up shot. I didn't care where it went as long as it hit him. Cause I knew the first one was a good lung shot. And I ran back or I crawled back out real quick and we sat there for about 15 minutes and I'm sitting there. I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm ready to go back in there. Like the adrenaline's gone through me and I'm just, I'm wanting to be in there and get him back out, you know? And they all stand around for a while and Trevor's like, I'm going to go in there and make sure he's dead. And he's like, we'll go ahead and get him out. And he crawls in there around the corner and he looks in that hole and he's just laying there dead as can be. And he crawls back out and they all congratulate me. And I hand Michael his pistol back. And as I hand him his pistol back, he looks at me and smiles. I was like, what's so funny? And he was like, 99% of people would not have even went in that yeah, hole. Hey, yep. Like, He's like, so we're just pumped that you actually went in there and shot that thing. And I was like, you guys said that I should go in there and shoot it. Like, I wasn't going to question you. We didn't so think you would do it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what they said. They all kind of looked at each other with that look on their face like, I can't believe he actually did that. <laughs> and I was like, man, you guys are a bunch of jerks. You had to test that, that Western Oregon boy out to see what he's made yeah. of, man. Absolutely. I, I really wanted to go in there with my rifle, but the way it played out, I mean, it was – it couldn't have been better. Like the experience that I got doing that and Michael crawls in there. Cause he's one of the smaller guys that could fit in there and he wraps a leash around it and pulls it out. I mean, it's a big cat. They, they say he's right around 150 pounds and they got a, an estimated age right now of five to six years old. So he's a big mature cat. And dude, it was, it was one of the coolest things. Like I say, I always wanted to shoot one out of a tree if I was going to do it. But going back now, it's like, I wouldn't have wanted it to play out any different than it played out. I mean that that had to that had to show you a little bit about yourself, right? And and, <laughs> and your resolve, right? And what and I'm going to do. Yeah, but I imagine and that was one of the things that I said on my post when I when I asked you if I could post it, is is yeah. what what are you really willing to do to see it through, right? You put in all Absolutely. that effort and everything. And I imagine <laughs> and just, you know, it, it being what it is and who we are, there's some of that where they were, they were testing, they were testing your manhood, right? You know, all, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Right. So you don't want to let that, you can't, you can't let it go because of that. But dude, I can't imagine crawling in. I mean, you, the one thing that stood out in one of the pictures you sent me was the bino harness was on that little slope next to the cave. And I'm like, shit, he had to take off his, his harness to get in this thing. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't want something to slow you down if you had to get back out. Yeah. That, that's just it. It's like, I'm taking this thing off because I can't move very quick with it on when I'm laying on it. So I took that off. And, yeah, it was it was definitely, I mean, the whole crawling in there. I mean, that thing looked out that whole at me and looked at me. It was that I don't know how to explain it. Like, the look that it gave you, like, it seriously looks straight through you. It doesn't look at you. Like, and it was... Uh, I like I said, I don't even know how to explain that look that they give you. The the whole hair on the back of your neck thing is like an underestimate. And when you're face to face, and I didn't even measure it out, but I mean, the way that I had the pistol held out when I shot, we're we're Couple five feet or less. Yeah. When I shot, what? Uh, so did you have to back out? Oh, I crawl. backed out as soon as I shot the second time. Right, so you didn't have – I mean, you you went in head first, and you literally uh, – backing out, man, uh, uh, basically your rifle crawling in this little hole, 
and yeah. dude, I'm claustrophobic. You don't, you don't turn around. You don't turn around in there any speed at all and get back out. You're you're crawling in and you're back scurrying back out. <laughs> yeah. Any like point? As soon as, you get your feet, as soon as you get your feet out, you can turn around real quick. But there is no. I'm just going to turn around real quick inside this hole and run back out. No, you're. You're crawling, army crawling yourself backwards out of that hole to get oh, out. Dude, I can't imagine if that thing would have tried to book out of there. Well, and that's what they said. Like, do you want to make sure it has room to run by you, not through you? And I was like, well, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> My womanly shrieks will make sure it stays away. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll be hearing me scream if that sucker decides to run out of here. Oh, man. And when I went in there the first time and that pistol jammed, I was like, Oh shit! Because I didn't know. Because it, it filled that cave with dust. I was like, I can't tell if he's running out or if he's landing there dead or what. So I just turned around. And I I came out as quick as I could. Dude, looking at that, looking at that picture, it doesn't seem like there's enough room for anything to get by you, let alone a no, hundred and fifty so, pound cat with a hundred and eighty pound man. Yeah, and that's just it. It's like I wasn't. When I first went in there, Trevor was like, well, I'll crawl in there with you right along the side of you so you can see what you're doing. But, I mean, the hole is fairly good size. So as soon as you came around that corner, you could see. And that's that was like, well, okay, that's no big deal. And I was like, you just have to stand here while I shoot? And he looks at me. He's like, no. He's like, I'm blocking the hole. He's like, I wanted to be able to get out of here if you shoot it. And I was like, oh, fantastic. I'll see you later. I'll just stay in here with it. So that's that, that was one thing. I mean, you had so many different things running through your head at one time. Like, what's going to happen if this happens? Like, what's he going to do if he decides to come out that hole? Like, is he going to attack me? Is he going to run by me? Like, what's going to happen? So you had all this stuff running through your head at the same time as you're you're trying to make that perfect shot, you know? And it was just it was a lot going on at one time. The adrenaline rushing through you was like. It was like no other adrenaline rush on a hunt that I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, you'll, you know, I was talking about it for your 2019 season. Top that one, buddy. <laughs> well, I think that we topped it pretty good. <laughs> no, I'm saying top this one, top this lion hunt. That's that's yeah, going to be the trick. Jeez. Yeah. Now what do we do? Yeah. I mean, that but has been, to be. I, how many times do you think something like that's happened on a lion hunt? That has to be a one-off has to yeah, be like i don't know i don't know how often they shoot them inside holes like that or what they do with them but i didn't want to be that guy that was like well i'm not going to crawl in there so we need to walk away and just leave them in here you know like they were they were set on like we're going to get this lion and that's when i started it started to click like these guys are going to ask me to go in there and shoot it inside that hole so that's when i was like well, this isn't going to be good. Like, I don't want to go in there with a mountain lion. And my brother-in-law at one point even looks at me and he's like, are you willing to go inside that hole with that thing? And I kind of looked at him and I was like, I honestly don't know at this point. And throughout a little bit of time running around and those guys kind of, you know, you hand me a pistol and you tell me to go shoot something. I'm probably going to go shoot it. But whether or not it was my brightest move, <laughs> I mean, no. It was it was definitely worth it. I don't I don't regret that one bit. No, uh, you, did you have to hype yourself up at all? Pound the chest a little bit, slap the face going in there before. No, it wasn't, it wasn't too much like that. But I, I sat there, I sat there on my knees before I crawled in there, looking at the gun and looking at that hole and like playing it out through my head, thinking, "All right, I'm gonna do this." And then I sat there for a little bit longer. I was like, "Okay, let's do this." 
and then I ended up crawling in there and doing it. And it was like, I came back out and I mean, I was, I was pretty excited. I was, I was glad that I talked myself into doing it for that experience. I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. You know, the drive, the drive home thinking and and having your brother-in-law in the truck with you and thinking you know i just did that shit man <laughs> i'm the i'm the baddest mofo you've ever been around <laughs> yeah we said it a few times he, we were driving along he's like so you're pretty excited pretty glad you did that and i was like i would not trade that for a minute like he actually so when i went down to shoot that pistol to make sure i could shoot a pistol four feet he actually crawled in there to look at it too and it's the fact that not your everyday person gets to just crawl in there and see a mountain lion at five feet. And when I got back up there and after I had shot it, he was like, you know, I called in and looked at it too, right? And I was like, see, that's awesome. Like, it wasn't just me that got to experience it. My brother-in-law that's getting into this hunting thing, for one of your third trips, I guess, to ever go on, you crawled in a cave with a mountain lion. Like, he got something out of it too, not just me. Right. Well, not your everyday person would even consider that shit. <laughs> Let alone do yeah. it, man. <laughs> that's. I guess that's it too. I mean, I have, I've got a few pretty good pictures of that hole. So you, I'll have to post a couple of them up. But you can see like the entrance of it, and then you can actually see a picture of Trevor out the top of it, and he's crawling in with a shovel, and you can actually see him tapping it on the ground below, trying to get him to swat at it, and. I'll, I'll have to post some pictures up so people can get that perspective of of what we're going through when all this is going on when he's trying to get it to swat at the shovel and it was it was pretty darn cool. When you uh, when they pulled him out of the hole, were you shocked at the size of him? Because that's a big oh, cat, man. Pumped. Yeah, it's a big cat. I want to say he's like I don't remember what I did on tape. I want to say he's like seven, like seven foot six or seven foot eight from the tip of his nose, tip of his tail, and. It, he came out of that hole and I was sitting there just kind of petting him and looking at his teeth and we took some pictures with him and then Tyler's like, well, you know the deal. He's like, pick him up so we can take your picture. And I reached down there and put my arms under his armpits and tried to pick him up. I was like, holy shit, this thing's a lot heavier than I thought. And I'm trying to pick it up and they're all laughing at me and making fun of me because I can't pick it up. So I've got this big old smile on my face and these pictures trying to lift him up off the ground. I mean, it took everything I could to get him off the ground. Yeah, well, you just spent everything you had crawling in the hole twice to shoot yeah, him. <laughs> like, all my adrenaline was gone at that point. I still needed some of that. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny yeah. with that is that those are the days where, you know, even you, you have this culmination of this hunt. But, man, you're just exhausted, man. That adrenaline. It could be a short day, too. And that adrenaline yeah. hits you like that, dude. And afterwards, you're just spent. Yeah, it was. That was it, too. Like, we all got back to got back to the house and we scanned it out. And, I mean, I'm. I'm keeping all the meat from that thing because mountain lion is some of the best meat, but we, Tyler actually packed it out and he threw it up on his back. And the funny thing is like he throws it up on his back and we're taking it back to the, to the pickup and he's walking out with it. We get into the pickup and I mean, he's just like, his eyes are itching. And I was like, what's your problem? He's like, I'm allergic. allergic. To <laughs> I was like, dude, I said, you're in the wrong profession. He's like, Oh no. He's like, this is an addiction. He's like, I love this. So it's, it's pretty cool, like, the amount of work that those guys put in for you. Like, they bust their butt, whether it's getting up early and driving to find tracks or packing my mountain line out because I want to eat it. Like, I'm taking that meat home, and I'm going to use every bit of it. Like, there's no – I'm not wasting that stuff. 
that's one of the things i mean outside of you know getting on a hunt with them just because it's a lion one of the things that intrigues me the most is that is that hound and houndsman relationship and to experience that that's the part of it that when i get the opportunity that i'm i'm most excited about um yeah the videos and things that i've seen man that's just phenomenal man yeah those those dogs work their butt off for you and even after a whole day of standing around and I think that they did a little over seven miles that day. I mean, we're not talking easy country for them to go in. It's snow. And they stood around and barked at that hole until we had that thing killed until we were done. And the following morning we got up to go leave and those dogs are pissed off because they couldn't go with us. Like they just wanted to keep on working. They don't want to stop. They want to keep working for you. And just like you say, that relationship between those dogs, the hounds, men and hounds. I mean, they, those dogs work just as hard as the as the guys that are taking care of them. I mean, it's really a team, right? You see something like that, and you, you know, I, I think from the outside looking in, you know, oh, these guys are using those dogs, but it's really a team effort, you know, the guide and keeping those dogs safe and, um, you know, keeping up on them and understanding when it's getting a little hairy and sticky and you know, getting them off of a cat. Um, yeah. It's amazing, man. I love watching that stuff. Yeah, it's it's absolutely a team. I mean, walking up on those things and like and like Tyler knowing when we need to hurry up and get there and showing up on that hole with that cat inside there, he knew he's like, We need to get in there, we need to make sure and get this done real quick. And like get the dogs off him at least. Um and as soon as he shows up, I mean those dogs knew he was there and they wanted to go in there after it. But it was just the way they work together and they listened to him, I mean they were there to work. They were there to do a job and they didn't want to stop until it was done. And until that cat was pulled out of that hole and they could all sniff it and maybe chew on it once or twice, they did not want to stop barking. And as soon as that happened, they were calm as can be. It's like, we did our part because they did their part. They're done working now. And it was just, I've got a few videos of the dogs following Tyler back. Tyler's got it on his shoulders and the dogs are just not making a noise, and they're just walking single-file line behind Tyler right back to the pickup. Proud as could be. It, it, yeah, that's just it. It's like they did their job. We did our part. So, like, the whole teamwork thing, you all worked together, and now we're done for the day. It was it was pretty darn cool to see how they all bond together. So, did, and and I'm, I'm naive as can be with it, right? Um, and just from what I've seen, there's, there's you know, that lead dog, that alpha. Yeah. Um, how did that how do the other dogs respond to that to that alpha or that lead dog on that he's got i don't remember what the dog's name was but he's got one dog that was it was super tough like it wanted to get in there after it and then i want to say the other name the other dog that was sitting out there she she kind of like told us where they were at so she points you to this direction and then the two workers are in there just trying to get this lion right now in a fight and you could you could definitely tell who was in charge and the one that barks the most, I mean, he didn't he didn't stop barking until that cat was out of that hole. And once that was done, like they were all more or less, I guess you'd say relaxed. But it was just their job was done. Like they did what they came there to do. And it's like, well, let's go to the next one now. You know, it's like it's pretty darn cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's a that's a story. I, I mean, yeah that that's <laughs> this one's gonna go down dude that is uh i just don't i've never heard of it you know and, and when you sent me the text me the pictures and stuff and i was like what the hell 
What do you mean you climbed in this hole? I mean, that's, that's what everyone said when I sent that picture. And I knew I was like, I'm going to send this to him and see what he says. And now it's like, what am I going to do with it? Because they all think I should life size it. They think I should life size mount it. And I mean, I think I, I, I probably have some room that I could do it. And it's like, it's one that you're never going to forget. So it'd be cool to be like, people walk in your house, you know, you're like, yeah, I crawled in a hole for that thing and shot it about this far away. And I can actually get up next to it and show them, you know? Mm -hmm. You need to get that stare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that stare yeah. right through you on that face, give you the chills every man, time you walk into the living room, man. Those, those yellow eyes they have, I mean, the look that they give you, I just, I can't explain it. It's, yeah. it's just something else. I told you when you shot me that, man, green with envy, dude. I, I can't wait to experience that. That, uh, you know, and unfortunately with California, I mean, I, yeah, I can go to Wyo and hunt one, but I can't bring any parts back. I can't bring my meat back. Nothing. Um, yeah. And that's, that's crazy to me. Cause well, I mean, then like being, having to waste that meat, like that just drives me crazy. Yeah. No, it's not even to me, <laughs> to me, it's not even, it's not even a thought process, right? Even, you know, yeah. with, with what you I'm hear about here. the meat, um, and how delicious it is, um, as table fare, man, there's, there's no way that uh that i can do it as long as i'm here so that'll be one of yeah. the first things i go after when i get out of this place man but you yeah, know you get, out, you get out of california and we'll get a hold of tyler and see if we can get your cat hunt going yeah i ain't crawling in no damn hole though <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll crawl in that hole for you and i'll I, do that one you know and i was thinking about it right and i'm like man would i i probably would dude i i i don't know I would probably be slapping my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, would, we would all be standing around hyping up. Yeah. You'd be ready to go into it. Well, I think, like I said, I think with, you know, you're standing there with a group of guys and they're like, yeah, just go in the hole, man. You know, it, that's that's going to test you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it does for sure. That's 100%. I mean, it's when they're all standing around, they hand you a pistol and they're like, there you go. And you're like, well, I'm not going to go in there. No, it was like, it kind of popped in your head for a minute. But then it was like, yeah, I'm going to get this done. I mean, how many times have you been in the woods and you get to an area that looks, you know, liony, or you get into a den area and you're like, ah, man, I got to skirt around this, right? Not <laughs> not once, not once. I think I, there was one time where I was a little bit curious and I said, oh, I'm going to check this out. But it wasn't no damn cave, man. Um, yeah. You know, not where I'm belly crawling in there. That uh, that's uh, yeah. Most of the time you see a little hole in the, in the side of the hill. You're not. Well, I'm gonna pop my head in there yeah. and see what's in there. And you skirt it. You'll 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 create you know thirty forty feet more distance to get around it. That's yeah. yeah that's a trip, man. That's uh, that's a lifetime right there, buddy. That that ain't going yeah, anywhere. It was pretty awesome. Like I say, I mean, I went there obviously thinking I was gonna end up shooting one out of a tree. And with my rifle and everything else I've shot with it, but it was like, I wouldn't trade it for a minute. Like the experience that I had and the story, obviously that I have now, like I wouldn't trade that for anything. I mean, yeah, I didn't use the rifle, but big deal. Like the stuff that came from that is way better than shooting some of my rifle out of a tree. So it, it, it was pretty darn cool. Not something... Like you say, how am I going to top that? Uh, you're, yeah, I was going to say we're going to end up doing a 2021 episode, and uh, 
seeing what crazy shit you got done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty good. I don't know what that's going to be. Man, I can't imagine. <laughs> Plus, like, I've, I've been fairly close to pigs and stuff with Logan, but, man, a pig, yeah, they're dangerous, and they can run your ass over, but they're a little different animal than a mountain lion. I mean, I know they can get you. And I did, I shot one pig down there with Logan that was like, I don't know, it was maybe 10 foot away and I was laying on my belly in the riverbed shooting it. But that's the one thing I kind of compared it to when I was there. I was like, man, I've kind of done some dumb stuff as far as like shooting big animals that are fully capable of running me over. But crawling in that hole with that mountain lion is a little bit different than a pig. And they're like, they're like, yeah, it's got teeth and claws, so it can just get you. Oh, dude, it's used to getting. You know what I mean? A pig is doing that on the on the defense, right? It's yeah. it's a defensive reaction, right? Let me get you a couple times. If you get down, it'll keep going, but it's always going to run away. And and yeah. and the lion's probably that too, right? For for self preservation, it's going to take off at some point. But I don't want to yeah. go up against its weaponry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's 100%. way way more well suited for a. Uh, for a fight than uh, that pig is, man. Yeah, it's it's ready for that that hand to hand combat thing. I mean, it's got all sharp claws on it. I mean, it has some big claws. I'll I'll have to post some pictures. I've got some pictures of just its paws and stuff with some of its claws sticking out. I mean, they are they are definitely a tool for getting some meat. That is for sure. What did you think when you saw the teeth and claws? Anything go go through your head then when you when they uh, opened after, the paws? I mean, I saw those things. I mean, I know they're big, but then I was just sitting there kind of looking at them like, man, I could have gone like really sideways really right. quick. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, don't try like this at said, home, kids. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like they said, they said, if it's got room to get by you, it'll run right by you. Just make sure you don't plug the hole. So it was, I don't know. I felt pretty good about it. And, <laughs> Obviously, lots of stuff going through your head at one time, so it's kind of hard to think about every different option. But the main thing was get in there and make that first shot count. And it was, like I say, I mean, I wouldn't trade that for anything. That was an awesome trip. I mean, the whole drive home, it's like, man, that was cool. Like, and even right now, it's still hanging down on my walk-in cooler. I got to cut it up this week and package it, and it's going to go from crawling into a cave with it to I'm going to be eating it here soon. I mean. It's, like I say, it's some of the best meat that you can get. You know, talking about that part of it, um, you know, when you posted that, you had that, uh, I think it was a lady. I always wonder yeah, if it's really, it you know, if it's a real profile or not, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny, you know, and I get it to a point, I get it, right? Is people are removed from what we do. And they don't have exposure to it, things like that. But to see, to see her say she, you know, wishes what she wished on you. Right. Um, that, that always just, it always makes me scratch my head. It's like, well, wait a minute. You're, you're bashing somebody for this. And and that's what I told her. You don't even have all the information, right? This is, this is table fair here, you know? And actually when I posted it, I had, uh, a gentleman go look, you know, like I get, I hunt, but this, you know, this makes me sick to my stomach. What the, what the hell is this? And, uh, it's just really weird how you get this response from 
lions and bears and it's just really strange to me but then to see people that that wish harm on a human being and then have a problem with you you know chasing the animal yeah you go from you shouldn't hunt these things and that's terrible to we should just kill you instead it's like man i mean you're kind of i don't know it's kind of backwards to me obviously too it's like people that don't have the knowledge and know exactly all the details it's it's just uneducated i guess Mm -hmm. well even but what's funny is even in our demographic because the gentleman that commented on mine had no idea that you know folks are eating mountain lion uh he went right into you know this overpopulation and hurting you know servant numbers and that wasn't even you know part of it i mean just immediately fire off with you know left field type stuff yeah and that's just it's like i wouldn't hunt i wouldn't hunt all the stuff that i hunt if i didn't like to eat it if i was shooting this stuff just to shoot it and not eat it i mean that's not that's not what i'm into like everything that i shoot unless it's a coyote i'm not gonna eat a coyote sorry and there's folks going down that road now i've seen more and more of that that's that's yeah i'm not gonna eat a coyote yeah for the most like everything else that i shoot i mean i eat and i use whether i'm eating it or i i get more i get just as much enjoyment like providing other people with this fresh meat that they don't have the capability to go out and get or they don't you know so it's like here's a couple packages of steaks and stuff like and they're super thankful for all that stuff i get just as much out of that versus me eating it like I like watching other people enjoy this stuff because then maybe it's like, maybe it'll click in your head. Like, you know, maybe I want to go do something like that. And I feel like that's kind of what it's about too. It's like, if I can provide someone with this meat also, and they enjoy this, maybe that's one more person that's going to get out in the outdoors. Right. Or maybe not, they're gonna go out. or not be <laughs> oppositional to what we do. Yeah. And just tasting, tasting what that stuff is like versus like, Oh, you're going to eat that or, yeah, it's like, uh, it just like I say, it's just, it makes me happy providing this stuff for other people too, and not just me. Cause, I mean, I do kill a few animals a year, obviously, and I use every bit of it, whether I'm eating it personally or I gift it to someone else for them to eat. I like watching other people benefit from it too. Yeah, uh, that's that's a huge part of it, man. I, I give it, you know, the guys that work for me, man, I hand those guys or would do, you know, can't now with the cocoa thing going on. But, uh, you know, I'll do barbecues for the guys that work for me. You know, we'll bring out the yeah. grill and bring out some ground and some sausages and whatnot and uh, cook it up. And most of them are, you know, a little hesitant at first. And then they're like, boss, when are we doing it again? When are we doing it again? And it's like, whoa, yeah. easy killer. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what was that meeting brought yeah. last yeah. time? We really like that. So. Yeah. Yep, and, and there's, there's been a, a couple. Ask, yeah, and there's a lot of people asking about like the wild pigs that I shoot down in California. Like, are those things actually good eating? Like, yeah, yeah they're buddy. awesome. Yep. So I mean, I give that to people, and they're like, "Man, like we kind of want to go down there and kill one of those." So I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it. I love going down there." Mm-hmm. And so, totally different, right? I mean, you know, d- domestic pigs, man, they're they're super super fatty, um, but that's yeah. that's what they're aiming for. And you get a wild hog, even a lot of the ferals um, will uh-huh. lean up pretty good. But man, the meat is uh, is lean and just oh man. Yeah, like it's nothing. I would much rather eat that. I mean, it's it's great. Like that's why I, I mean, obviously, I'd like to go down there and do it. 
but I go down there and do it because I like to eat it too. Like they're fun to hunt. And I've, I've made some good friends with Logan who has that Roth guided outfitters down there. And, um, he's just a super cool dude and we became good friends and the meat that you get from those trips also, I mean, it's, it's great. Like everyone that I know loves it. What, uh, how's that look in terms of drive for you? Uh, it's a long drive and it's miserable. It, it's, uh, it's about 16 and a half hours. Damn. Where's he at? Uh, he's, oh, I think technically he's in Bradley. No, he's not in Bradley. Uh, I, I think Bradley's probably the closest town and it's not really even a town, but, um, just, just outside of Paso. Oh, okay. Shit. You're not far from me on that hunt. Then if he's just outside of Paso, that's about, oh, where are you? that's about a, maybe two forty-five, three hour drive for me to Paso. So that's not well, you are. You're going to come up and hunt with us, though. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh, I mean, that's about that's about. I don't know. My pig area is about three and a half, four hours. So he's just a little <laughs> bit further south, and then he's off the coast. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's, man. He's next time far. you do, we'll have to uh, we'll have to talk about that. I didn't realize you. Were, I totally thought you were in NorCal with him. No, I'm all the way down. Oh, what the heck is that military base down there that we go to? Or that's right next to it, I guess. Hunter Liggett? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, so got, that, a, he's, got, a, he's got a big chunk of property that, that butts up right to that. On the south end? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I that's, don't that's, know. Probably, that's probably a four and a half hour drive from me. That is a trek for you, though. Holy crap. I yeah, didn't realize I you're coming that far, so. I won't go so. bad if I get four and a half hour drive. I'm yeah. driving 16. No, that's about all I could do. You know, to get into pigs for us, um, that's about the minimum drive we can make. You know, that three and a half, uh, three forty-five, four hours. But the further north we go, the more uh, the more we get into them. The, uh, the area that I hunt my early season deer on, man, is just overrun with them now. Uh, yeah. They absolutely ruined my early season archery hunt this year. Well, I think it sounds sounds like we got something to plan together now. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get that. Uh, I didn't realize you were coming that far south, man. I'm yeah, actually supposed to do, go up I do north. It three times a year. Yeah, supposed to go up north for a pig hunt in spring. Um, with uh, Wildlife West, the guy that I hunt Catalina with, Ben, he guides up uh, up in NorCal. So I was actually going to make that drive. <laughs> Up he's, by Red Bluff or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, he's up by Red Bluff. And they've, yeah, they got some big old teeth up there. Yeah, man, they've been taking some really nice pigs. Last year they did wonderful, so. Yeah, they got some good genetics up there for big teeth, but, man, Logan's got a big number of pigs on those properties that we hunt down there, and super cool dude. And he's got walk-in cooler and stuff all there for you to use. And Yeah, him and his dad, they run a, they run a really good operation there. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, man, that's that's a lot closer. I'll have to check him out. That's what I'm talking about. I'll, I'd be more than happy to meet you there and spend the weekend hunting. Yeah. And, yeah. Hanging out. yeah, you go uh, You go rifle, I'll go archery. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, mean, don't, I, I don't make good care. I, uh, I love hunting them on archery, dude. That that's fun and it's frustrating as all get up man them them pigs are, are weary little critters man they don't yeah. uh they don't play and those noses on them the ears and the noses the eyesight is deplorable but man you can't yeah. mess with that nose and those ears 
kind of like hunting, kind of like hunting a bear. Yeah. They can't see it, but man, they can smell you and hear you. Man, the ears on them is just—they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. Man, and it, it's, it, it's it's just so fun. Very rarely will you even see one stopped. You know, I mean, you catch one bedded or something, you, you know, you've done really good. A lot of times, man, you know, you get on them like this year. We, we got on a few of them and uh, they just don't stop. And, and good luck with that, you know, that Central California kind of rolling hills and those oaks, yeah. man. Good luck keeping up with them, especially if you're on yeah, foot. That's just it. He's got he's got a side by side so we can drive around a lot of the property. But a lot of times you're getting out and you're spotting them and you're making your hunt from there. Yeah. Yeah, the buggers are fun, man. I, You know, everybody says, oh, pig, you know, I want to hunt a pig hunt. And that's one of the, it's like, if you're going to come to California and hunt, man, you got to get a pig tag. Yeah, that's, that's just it. Like, I got hooked on that a while ago. And then ever since I met Logan, it's just like super cool, dude. And I, <clears throat> I try to make sure and get down there at least two to three times a year with him. What's the, what's the non-resident tag cost for a pig? Oof, I want to say it's like... Uh, $81 now. Yeah, that's, I mean, where can you go out of state, right, and hunt anything for $81? <laughs> Plus, it's it. Like, my my mountain lion tag for Wyoming this year, $378. And, yeah, $80. I mean, if someone's going to try to pencil it out, obviously, like to buy pork, yeah, good luck. But I'm not there for the experience of buying pork. I'm there for the people that I'm meeting and all the different memories you make along the way. I mean, it's just it's way better than just going to the store and buying that stuff. Well, we I mean, we already know that that, you know, price per pound as a hunter is <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous a, it's anyway. Yeah, you can't if you if you're gonna look at it like that, man. You need a different hobby. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you right now, I'm not saving a ton of money, no. but I'm eating way better than everybody. Yeah, go get a pair of walking shoes or something if you if you're worried about that. Go bird watch. Yeah, no kidding. Well, shoot, man, no, I uh, appreciate you jumping on, dude. I had to hear this story firsthand. And uh, like I yeah. said, people were just, you know, as soon as I posted that, okay, we got to hear this. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna drop this puppy right away, man. But I appreciate it, brother. It's always good talking to you, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what next year brings. But before you get that all posted up, I'll, uh, I'll try to get some pictures together and we can post some pictures of people, like a little bit of a visual so they can kind of see inside there and kind of see what we were going and working with. So we kind of quickly do it together. So, yeah cool brother absolutely brother i appreciate it man awesome it's always good talking whenever you want to jump on and talk just let me know thank you for listening follow western contours on instagram subscribe on youtube and sign up at westerncontours.com episodes are available on most major platforms apple Podcasts, google play and stitcher subscribe leave us a comment and don't forget to hit that five star rating we appreciate the support and until next time lay them down
We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to valleytopeaknutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. Sign up for Mountain Hunter Box on our partners page. Mountain Hunter Box is a monthly subscription box for backcountry hunters. Receive quality hunting gear and camping gear at your doorstep every month. You can select the species you want to hunt and the method of take with three, six, and 12-month subscription options. Use Western Contours at checkout.